Chapter 8. Clapham. From day one, my new posting didn't disappoint. But first a bit of geographical orientation for those who are not familiar with Clapham. Clapham, or LM Lima Mike, as it was referred to by its police call sign, is a region of London about two miles as the crow flies south of central London. When I arrived in 1991, it was surrounded by three other L district divisions. Kennington, Lima Kilo in the north, Brixton, Lima Delta to the east, and Streatham, Lima Sierra to the south. To the west, Clapham Division bordered W district, which included Battersea, Whiskey Alpha, and Wandsworth, Whiskey Whiskey. This is still the case today. Each of these divisions had their own police station with local teams of response officers, community beat officers and CID detectives. I often smile to myself when I think about arriving at Clapham and the incredibly warm welcome I was given by pretty much everyone I met. It was about as different from Sutton as you could imagine. It was obvious to me immediately that they were a very close-knit bunch. The sergeants were fantastic and the inspectors were incredibly supportive and friendly. However, the single biggest difference was that everyone in the station was so enthusiastic about their job. There was a real buzz in the briefing room and canteen with constant piss-taking and laughter. If you looked up the word camaraderie in the dictionary, it would say Clapham Division in the 1990s. Interestingly, I noted that new probationers didn't get shunned by the rest of the team. They were made to feel welcome and nurtured from day one. They still had to make the tea, but once they'd made it, they would sit with the whole team and enjoy the banter. I'd find my policing home. Very quickly, it dawned on me why Clapham Division was such a close-knit unit. It was a hectic and frequently dangerous place to work. Demographically, it was a weird mix. Clapham was one of the first places in London to become gentrified in the 1990s, and there was a strong yuppie population in the well-to-do Victorian and Edwardian villas in the streets surrounding Clapham Common. This era saw the rise of the finance and banking sector, whiz kids with their floppy hair, pinstripe suits, mobile phones the size of bricks, and bonuses ten times the yearly salary of most ordinary people. Lots of them lived in places like Clapham because they were trendy and offered an easy commute into the city. There were also lots of creative media types who seemed to be attracted to the urban grittiness and loved to hang out with slightly shady characters who made the most of their naivety and gullibility. These were the sort of people who would throw house parties and open their homes to all and sundry and then find that everything of value had been nicked and human excrement had been ground into their Persian rugs before discovering that the culprits had also wiped their backsides on the living room curtains for good measure. Living cheek by jowl with the upwardly mobile and cash-rich city types, however, were those people living in some of the most deprived inner-city estates in London that had very high levels of unemployment, low levels of educational attainment and generally meagre expectations from life. 
Kids growing up on these estates were frequently neglected and abused, and this taught them that if no one cared about them, they didn't care about anyone else. Sadly, not very much has changed in the past 30 years, and inner city deprivation is just as prevalent now as it was then. Rich people living in expensive houses in certain parts of London are possibly just as oblivious to urban deprivation today as they ever were, and still turn a blind eye to the council estate kids waiting for the bus in the freezing rain while they take young Cosmo and Tallulah half a mile to prep school in the shiny Range Rover. Clapham Police Station itself was located right in the middle of one of these council estates in Union Grove, and this created a feeling of being surrounded by a lot of people who really didn't want us there. Most of those who lived on these estates were completely law-abiding, decent people who just wanted to get on with their lives and bring up their families. The reality, unfortunately, is that there will always be a hardcore minority who don't want to do that and who will create trouble for everyone, all of the time, everywhere they go. These were our customers. The people we spent most of our time dealing with to protect the decent folk. We targeted them mercilessly until either they went to prison and were off the streets or they decided to behave themselves and stop committing crime. Social justice warriors and champagne socialist lawyers who make a very comfortable living out of the criminal justice system often complain that prison doesn't work. A lot has been written in recent years about the pros and cons of the British prison system. However, what I do know for absolute certain is that criminals don't want to go to prison. And whilst they're inside, they're definitely not burgling your house or wiping their shitty arse on your living room curtains. The prediction by my previous sergeant that I would learn more at Clapham in a month than I'd learned in all my time at Sutton proved to be 100% spot on. I'd already spent 18 months as an operational officer learning the basics. But this had just given me the foundations to really learn how to be an effective police officer. It's hard to explain my experience of working at Clapham, even to fellow police officers. I suppose in many walks of life there will always be people, places and times when everything comes together to create something truly exceptional and special. Call it excellence or whatever but Clapham had those rare and sublime qualities. If I had to put my finger on it and describe it in two words, it would be effective leadership. Every manager from the superintendent down to the sergeants had a crystal clear understanding of what we were there to do. We were there to protect good people and catch criminals. Simple. However, these leadership qualities were evident across every team at every rank. The senior PCs and the area car drivers were incredibly hardworking, brave and a source of inspiration to the younger officers. The senior PCs had taught those officers who had four or five years service and they in turn acted as role models to the newest probationers. The whole thing was a beautiful, smoothly oiled policing machine that relentlessly pursued criminals and we had the best fun and laughs doing it. It's fair to say that similarly skillful officers and the same esprit de corps existed in lots of other places in these days, particularly in other inner city divisions like Clapham, because I've heard colleagues wax lyrical about all the amazing thief takers on their patch.
I immersed myself in this intoxicating spirit, and most days I literally couldn't wait to put on my uniform and go back to work. I've described how the role of a good area car driver was to get to 999 calls quickly, and also to sniff out criminality and make arrests proactively. There were many Clapham area car drivers who were supremely good at both. My relief, D-relief, were blessed with two of the very best, Derek, Del Beatty, and Phil Weston. They both had what appeared to be supernatural abilities to spot active criminals out and about morning, noon and night. I learned so much from them and others like them. I would get very excited if I heard my collar number being paired up with theirs at the start of the shift. I knew it was going to be a great shift.